Now, this episode uh, is called, Will Marxism Rule or Will Gold Rule? The golden rule is those with the gold rule, and the rest must serve that reality. Neither with the American Enterprise Party representing enterprising Americans. In this particular episode, uh, my American Enterprise Party is proposing that capitalism and socialism are bedfellows. They do have bipartisan movement in every business. In every business, we need the capital, and in every business, we need the workers. So we are pulling capitalism and socialism together in every business in America. How is this working? Well, over the years, uh, we found that uh, or labor, uh, the workers needed to organize, have collective bargaining to deal with the uh, the uh, rulers of the gold, which would be the capitalists. And looking back over our history, this has evolved into our current situation where we have two part, a two-party system in a dip- democratic and constitutional um, platform. But do we really have two parties that aren't just partisan, but can come together and be partisan, bipartisan in solving problems that they create with policy making and legislation. And again, history shows that this hasn't happened to any extent in the past, and it certainly isn't happening in 2020. So what I've proposed in my podcast is that we have a third alternative, the American Enterprise Party representing 170 to 200 million enterprising Americans who go to work every day and in effect pay all the bills, pay all the taxes and support the capitalists and the uh, wealthy in controlling the monetary uh, function. And is this working? Well, it, it, it is being measured by uh, certain indexes. First of all, we have the stock market. The standards and pores uh, is usually looked at as being the, the measuring stick. Um, unemployment rate, um, our price index, our cost of living, our opportunities that are uh, being uh, prepared for by in public schools and now charter schools. Um, and then we have Congress. And on the left, you have the the uh, aspiring senators and congressmen 
And on the right, we have the conglomerates, corporations, small businesses. And in the middle, we have enterprising Americans. Even though the capitalists are the ones that have controlled the um, flow of, of uh, monetary resources, and we'll call that the golden rule, those with the gold or rule, have positioned themselves either in the left for certain control mechanisms and in the right for the same purpose. So they've pulled the two parties based on money ticks, not just politics, to into one dysfunctional um, organization called the Congress. <clears throat> to break this log jam, or polarization, as we're, we're calling it, the third party, if it represents enterprising Americans, is designed to represent uh, the middle, to pull the left, which is becoming more and more extreme towards Marxism, and the right, which is evolving more and more into imperialism, towards the middle. And all that party needs, as it's now set up, would be eight to 10 seats in the Senate and 20 to 30 seats in the House to be the swing vote. And when the swing vote uh, is the activist in moving forward to protect the enterprise, the great American enterprise, then we have the other two the left and the right needing to compromise and we all meet in the middle. So that may sound kind of uh, idealistic, but I think once you start listening to uh, my position on where we are with Marxism, I think you might agree that we need to give it a try. Thank you. What are the 10 planks of Marxism proposed by Karl Marx and his Communist Manifesto put forth in 1848 as the necessary steps to destroy capitalism and a free enterprise democratic system? Number one, abolish private property and the application of all rents of land to public purposes. Number two, a heavy progressive or graduated income tax. Number three, abolition of rights of inheritance. Number four, confiscation of the property of all immigrants and rebels. Number five, centralization of all credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and exclusive monopoly. Six, centralization of the means of communications and transportation in the hands of the state. Seven, extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state, bringing cultivation of wastelands and the improvement of the soil, generally in accordance with a common plan. Number eight, equal liability of all to labor. Establishment of industrial armies especially for agriculture. Number nine, 
combination of agriculture with manufacturing industries, gradual abolition of the distinction between town and country by a more equitable distribution of population over the country. Number 10, free education for all children in public schools, abolition of children's factory labor in its present form, combinations of education with industrial production. And I've got in parents, add free health care, free housing for all, free access to higher learning. And you have socialized and centralized government control of the gold, call it monopsony or oligarchy, Param. This is the current governments in Russia, China, North Korea, Venezuela, and South Africa, with America, Canada, Israel, Germany, Great Britain, India, France, Italy, Scandinavia, Poland, Pakistan, and the Baltics, Bol- uh, Bol- with, I mean, it's Baltic, Baltic, with some form of democracy. Most other nations are either a monarchy, dictators, or warlords controlling the gold, which means those with the gold shall rule. Are there active moments and movements in the USA moving us to a Marxist state? And the answer to that is yes. Under number one of his plank, we have federalized Federalism of property. And then under number number two, we have a graduated taxation on adjusted gross income and escalating proper, property tax and tax on purchases. Number three, abolition of rights to inheritance is the inheritance or estate taxes. Number four, loss preventing aliens from owning property, which we have. Five, the Federal Reserve Banking System. Six, centralization of communications under the FCC, air travel under the FAB, and homeland security. Seven, climate change and protection of wetlands is the EPA and the great, great Green New Deal. Number eight, equal liability for all to labor, industrial armies, the NLRB and unionization of public service employees. Number nine, control of agriculture and manufacturing production with subsidized quotas, abolition of distinction between town and country for redistribution of population using voting rights as the driving force. Corporate oligarchs with farm quotas and subsidies and redistricting for voting and mail-in voting. Number 10, free education, uh, public education, proposed free health care, uh, subsidized housing, free higher education is proposed by the uh, progressives uh, for all using redistribution of wealth via taxation to fund bigger government, or in other words, the Politburo uh, being Congress being the Politburo, the governing body. Are we halfway there or not? Yes, in my opinion. What does this mean in our current situation with the pandemic? Black Lives Matter and Trump versus Biden and Republicans versus Democrats. 
Roe v. Wade, and so on. What if Trump loses? Will Biden take us further down the road to Marxism? Or will Trump prevail to protect our current interpretation of the Constitution by appointments to the Supreme Court? What do you think? Well, my opinion is if Trump isn't elected, the progressive Democrats will persevere. The society based on freedom of opportunity with lower taxes and higher unemployment on a higher employment and small businesses so we can pay down the national debt, lower the large trade deficit and provide equal opportunity to housing, education and prosperity will be diluted. If not, it is imperative to stop the slide into Marxism with a third political party that represents these principles of enterprise that utilizes capitalism and socialism and its very structure. That is the pursuit of the American dream by putting, pulling the extreme versions of those uh, different uh, movements towards the middle of mutual and peaceful coexistence for the greater good. This is the preamble to the American Enterprise Party and the bylaws of the American Enterprise Party Foundation.org. This is uh, recording number two of my favorite poem in uh, my poetry book, The Eighth Wonder of the World. It's called My America, the Bountiful. My America is the feeling of freedom. It's the feeling good when you get up in the morning and can decide what you're going to do that day, who you're going to see, and what you're going to say. It's the feeling that you can make a difference It's the feeling you can produce your product, you can sell your produce, and you can benefit from your hard work unhindered. It's the feeling when you help your children with their homework so they'll be able to see their knowledge for growth, for maturity, for the good of the country. It's the feeling when you send them off to school, knowing they will receive a concerned teacher's attention, sensitivity, and guidance, and knowing as they grow up they will thrive on their freedom to communicate, to express themselves, to direct their own destiny. It's the feeling when they graduate from grade school, junior high, and high school that they are taking the steps towards a better life. And when you give their hand away in matrimony, that happiness shall be theirs. For together, as husband and wife, they can create the same and even more opportunities for their offspring. It's the feeling when you can unchain your dog and watch her run free for the at least a little while to watch the expression on her face when she re, she's released from the shackles and the sadness that reappears when she must be chained. My America is the freedom of choice to buy the bread I want to buy, to acquire the goods I can afford to acquire, to invest my capital I have saved in ventures I want to take for the good of my family and my country. Continued. My country is being able to communicate in writing, speaking, and in whatever form language takes. My opinions, my thoughts, my prayers, my visions, and my dreams to those who want to listen and to those enemies of America, of the America way who in themselves have not discovered America. My America is the blooming rose that has the freedom to grow toward a clear sky and warm sun, being able to complete its cycle 
from bloom to plumage to autumn, to a dormant grave only to rise again. My America is the personal commitment to grab opportunities that will better the country and to set an example for those who follow. What you give must be in proportion to what you take, or the erosion shall remove the sky, the sun, and the earth from our grasp. For in our America and the world, resources are limited. The energy, though absolute, is redistributed by our wills. The more astute, the more free we are to create, the better the use of the resources. And left in God's hands, through our America, we create goodwill, good products, good people, and peace of mind. My America, the bountiful. Oh yes, my America, the vision of the poet, the words of the orator, and the minds of the leaders. Be kind, be patient, be wise, but above all, humble to the reasons and the heritage of our freedom. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil ventures and purposes. For thine is mine America, as the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So help us, God. Amen. Uh, this is a, is a poem from uh, my book, uh, The American Enterprise Manifesto. What's capitalism? My grandson, who will vote for the first time, asked me, what's capitalism? And I said, it's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds upon people's income and restores itself for growth and prosperity for all. What's socialism? It's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds upon its followers and kills initiative, growth, and prosperity. What's communism? It's socioeconomics where the few feeds upon the remains of the many. What's fascism? It's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds on fear and death. What's worldism? It's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds the great enterprise for the greater good. It can also be called humanism. What's liberal? It's socioeconomics where bigger government, more laws and taxes, feeds the few at the cost of the many. What's conservative? It's socioeconomics where smaller government, fewer laws and taxes, feeds the many at the direction of the few. What's centrist? It's socioeconomics where decentralized government, fewer taxes and laws, feeds the many a third-party alternative that conserves what the few liberals, progressives, and conservatives waste. I call it the American Enterprise Party Pyramid. It supports downsizing governments and upsizing enterprise. It's socioeconomics where the new laws are limited to pass one and get rid of ten. Get rid of redundancy of regulations and, and agencies between federal and state governments, reducing fixed overhead by 50%. Get rid of lifetime Supreme Court justices. Limit terms of Congress, congressmen, legislative electives as we have with the president and governors. Get rid of full-time career politicians and regulators. 
Get rid of patronage jobs and committee appointees at all levels of government. Get rid of tenure for public workers and officials. Get rid of nepotism and inheriting public office once held by a relative. Require every American who draws Social Security, Workman's Comp, Disability, Food Stamps, Pensions, Medicare, Medicaid will be involved in government for a minimum of two years. That's capitalism plus socialism, which equals enterprise, preventing communism, fascism, liberalism, conserv conservatism, putting work in, at the center of GDP, GNP, you and me, as happy, healthy, and sharing in prosperity. It is the political party of humanism. This is the poem Freedom from uh, my poetry book, The Tenth Wonder of the World. Freedom. Freedom takes many forms. It's the bird flying its own way. It's the ship plotting its own course. It's the writer inscribing his thought. It's the lovers rolling in the hay. It's the success attained without force. It's the butterfly that's never caught. Freedom must weather many storms, like the dinghy upon the raging sea, like the sheep that knows no dreams, like the babe that is black of skin, like the pod that has no pea, like the mind that has no schemes, like the fighter losing his will to win. Freedom must overcome man-made scorns as the child who arrives unwanted, as the swan ugly to the eye, as the fool deaf and dumb as well, as the hero who becomes daunted, as the leader who must know the reason why, as the orator has no spell. Freedom then must set the norms in a system created by natural laws, in the minds of humane leadership, in the hearts of relentless peaceful men, in the veins of a mindful pause, in the soul of the mortal's grip, in the judgment of repented sin. Freedom, this passion and love of life that's passed to the newborn, do not abort for man-made scorn. This is called Formula for Peace. Hand me your guns and weapons. Hand me your cause. Now contemplate your sons. Think of your daughters as you pause. Is it worth the price you pay to confront your fellow man with fists clenched to betray peaceful days in each other's hand? I don't believe you believe it's right to forsake those you conceive, your children just to fight. Think and ponder why it is necessary to ravage God's wonder with only selfish banners to carry. Why not throw down your pride from your side, make peace your sound, before all have denied that in peace lives don't cease, love and friends abide before we all have died. For a belief in the same God's absolution, that religion without reason equals revolution, that reason minus religion 
equals resolution. That perfection is reason with absolution is the solution. And the God we trust knows the difference. That violence in our culture is violating our Second Amendment. This is the Voice of America coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Who will win, capitalists or socialists? Are there any other alternatives? This is what we'll deal with in the American Enterprise Manifesto, a book written by Jerry L. Rhodes. The book delves into the possibilities of a third party. Based upon what we've received from the socialists and the capitalists with respect to the evolution of American society and American politics is embodied in the current financial financial situation that we're facing in America. The facts about where we are and where we're going as far as the financial uh, uh, statements for our country, they have, up till now they have been presented to us in a cooked books format. The reality is, is that the current $22 trillion debt uh, and deficit are understated by $100 trillion because the obligations for pensions, uh, government pensions, Medicare, Medicaid, and certain other uh, entitlement programs are not on the books. They are only recorded as paid. So we don't have uh, a set of financial statements or information that are on the generally accepted accounting basis. It's because we're um, only reporting on an institutional basis, which is limited to a budgetary system of cash disbursements and cash receipts. We're running the government like it was a corner drugstore. Um, so in the book, The American Enterprise Manifesto, I as a CPA will map out where we are and where this is taking us financially and politically.